you're on the younger side and you wanna write a book, don't let your age get in the way. Over the summer, I do like 5,000 words a day, but that is, it's a lot. I was really insecure about my writing. I just all of a sudden feel like I had this intense motivation. I just kind of kept going and I kept building my skills until here I am today. From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host, Paddy Danda. And on today's episode, we have someone very special. They are most definitely the youngest guest I've ever had, but probably one of the most inspiring. And for me, age has no barrier. She's promised me she has permission from her parents to be on this episode, and she's recorded over 90 episodes when it comes to podcasts. So she's a seasoned pro and uh, way more experienced than I. And I'm super pleased to welcome Shanti Hershenson. Hey, Shanti, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Shanti. And just for the record, how old are you? I'm 15 years old. Wow. And in a moment, we're going to hear all about your background, but you've published 12 books already. You're well on your way to number 13 and you're a TikTok sensation. I mean, you have over 50,000 followers. And just looking at your bio, I was just blown away. It really inspired me because when I see my children who are similar sort of age to you, I've got an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old. And I just think it's amazing to hear the things that you've been doing. So Shanti, on this episode, we're going to be talking about the superpower of writing and becoming an author. But before we do that, I'd love to hear your background and how did you get into writing books? Yeah, so writing's always been something that I enjoyed throughout my youth. I have memories of being really young and creating these little bound books. And they were just made out of like paper and glue and staples. And I would write in them and I would be like, look at this book I wrote. And it was always something I thought I could turn into a career when I was older. I I used to think I was not so great of a writer, and I just never thought I could actually write a novel. I used to want to be a graphic novelist, except I cannot draw. Maybe in the future, but I prefer um, to write like actual novels. And then as I got older, I started writing longer short stories, and I started like experimenting more. And then sixth grade came around, and in sixth grade, a friend and I, we wrote this novella. It was around 50 pages. It was really short, and we wrote two of them. And we published both of them using Amazon's Kindle Drug Publishing. And I didn't really tell anyone about it. Like some of my relatives bought it and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. But I didn't really do much. So I ended up just taking a break because still it wasn't something I thought I could turn into a career as like I just wanted to have a printed book that I'd written that had my name on it. Except then the pandemic hit and I was alone. I was bored. I had absolutely nothing to do. And I ended up deciding that I wanted to write a novel all on my own with no friends to help. And that novel ended up becoming Biolock. And the first draft was so long. It was about 250,000 words and 800 pages, almost 900 actually. And I had to split it into three separate books. The first book is actually currently available. The second one is going to come out maybe later 2023. And the third one's in editing. 
And then I actually ended up writing a fourth one later on, but that's not important. And then as I was editing Biomlock, I began to work on a series of novellas, the Chronicles of Sal Delane. All three of them are available on Amazon and everywhere you buy books online. And then after that, I started writing a novel sold in poetry, which ended up becoming my most popular book. And then, of course, Biomlock came out. And then from there, I just, I've never stopped writing. Wow. Like, I think you've accomplished more than most adults have <laughs> in their entire career. So... I'm in awe and I'm also envious of the amazing things that you're doing. Like, what happens when you start writing? Explain that to us. I'd love to know that feeling you get when you just start to sit down and write. I think it kind of varies per day. There are some times that this is like the best. I feel like it's like the best feeling is when I just feel like the words keep coming. and I can't stop. I'm so excited about the story and I'm like really excited about everything that's happening. And sometimes it can be kind of difficult to write. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like this. But I have to kind of push through that and get to a point where I'm actually like appreciating the words I'm writing, whether or not I think other people are going to like them or not. And just to be completely kind of immersed in the world and to be like reading along with the characters and crying when things are sad is so much fun. And I feel like that's what I feel sometimes. Like it's like reading, but you're controlling everything that's going on. So you can basically write what you want to read. And do you have a process that you follow, like a, some kind of method that you've developed over time? Yeah, so I have my writing process. Usually it begins with an idea, of course. And that idea is sometimes it's only like one sentence. Sometimes it's literally just like a character and a personality or sometimes it's a setting. Other times it's a full paragraph, just like, I want to write a book where there's this character and this plot and this setting and this happens and it's going to go on and this is going to happen. And once I have... At least I like to start writing when I have a character in mind. Sometimes I literally start writing without the character's name in mind in like a personality. And then I try to have a setting and some sort of goal, something that's moving, like some sort of goal, something that's moving the story forward. And from there, I start developing my story as I write. I have in my notes app, I write down new scene ideas, new ways for the characters, characters to develop and change and just new kind of story arcs and everything. I tend, whenever I outline my books, I'll write this really good outline and then I will never stick to it. So I don't exactly outline. However, I do jot down tons of scene ideas. And by maybe the halfway point, I usually have a good idea as to how the rest of the book is going to be, if not like the last quarter. And once I've done that, I just write. Once I finish the book, usually it takes me around... I'd say one to three months to finish a first draft. It depends on the length of the first draft. Sometimes they're only like 50,000 words. If it's 50,000 words, I can usually do it in about a month or sometimes a little more depending on whether or not I have school. Over the summer, I can write a lot quicker. You said you write 50,000 words in one month, plus you yeah. have school. Like, do you ever sleep? No. What's the routine? <laughs> How many hours do you spend on this? It's kind of shocking. I only actually spend about an hour or two like writing and that can usually serve 1,000 words, 2,000 words. Over the summer, I do like 5,000 words a day, but that is, it's a lot. And I don't exactly recommend because 5,000 words every day can be very challenging. But yeah, and then so once I'm like done with the draft, then what I do is I put it aside and I don't look at it for a few months and I go write something else. Or I, and usually I'm always writing a book and I'm always editing a book. This process only really works when you have a lot of books drafted. Because then I go and I edit something else as I'm writing. And then I end up going back and like editing that final book as I'm writing a new one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. So you've got like multiple books on the go at once, which is phenomenal. And 
when you're developing a character, for example, like where do you get your influence? Is that through just your personal experiences, your personal creativity, or do you, I guess, purposely look towards certain things for inspiration? I, I swear every time, I feel like I always answer, it depends, but I genuinely, like for some characters, it's very much they're based on like real people or real events. And then other characters, I feel like they're just based on like random things. I start out usually with a character's name in like a basic way. Sometimes it's that they talk and sometimes I feel like at first they don't actually talk very different from the other characters. They have to kind of develop that. But once I have like a personality, I start to go into their backstory and how that backstory impacted how they are today. And then I start to go into like deeper things like what are they like? What are they not like? Usually this only works with main characters. Sometimes I have like background characters, but I still want them to feel at least a little real. I was thinking about my kids, my son who's 11 and my daughter who's 13. I can't get them off the gadgets. They're completely immersed into YouTube and all of these things, just as I think a lot of kids are their age. Are you one of those kids or have you somehow escaped that world? And if you have, I'd love to know the secret. When I was younger, I was definitely very much really into like video games and YouTube and everything. And I think it's like, it can be really fun for a young kid. The problem is it's not very fulfilling. To be in my defense, I was making YouTube videos. So I spent a lot of time on YouTube because I wanted to be a YouTuber when I was younger for a while. And I kind of, I don't know, I like TikTok better. And I played a ton of Minecraft, Roblox, basically any video game. I probably played it. Except it's not very fulfilling. I kind of discovered that during the pandemic when literally all I had to do was play video games and watch TV. And it was just completely boring for me. I was just like, I'm not doing anything. I hate this. And I realized that like it can be good in moderation. I still, I like to relax. and I like to watch YouTube and things. But if it's the only thing I do in a day, I feel like it can be kind of boring. And I feel like it kind of, as you get older, you start to kind of have this need to like do more things and actually be active. Because when I was in like middle school, I kind of started to feel that way. But when I was like in elementary school, I was like, oh yeah, I'll play. I would love to play Minecraft all day. I just wish more young people could think like that because at the moment, including adults, I think we're all being a bit brainwashed by social media and just that, I I don't know, like it's almost like we get hooked to it, don't we? You mentioned you like TikTok better. Tell me, why is TikTok better than YouTube? I mean, from a marketing standpoint, which is probably why I prefer it, it's a lot easier to sell books on TikTok than YouTube, I think, because TikTok's algorithm is a lot more better. I feel like you can get more views on TikTok, and if you post more consistently, and it's a lot easier to reach people. YouTube, on the other hand, is like, because you have to make usually longer videos, and those take a lot more work, and it's harder to make one, because if you make one really long video about your book, you could post it, it might not do well, but if you make a couple like shorter videos about your book, and you do all these different things, um, and you really focus on like the cosmetics of the video, I feel like it's a lot easier to sell books than on YouTube, where it's like you have a 10-minute video, and you know they're probably not going to buy your book if they don't like sit through it, and then if they do, there's still a chance they might not buy it, and it's a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just content creation is probably a whole episode in its own right, but we will touch upon some of that, because I think it's really interesting that you're doing not just the writing of the books and that's I guess your product but you're actually doing all of the marketing as well through the content creation which is phenomenal when did you start your TikTok and 
how long was it before you started seeing some success? So while I was writing my first book, there were a couple other authors and people around my age being like, I'm writing a book. And I was like, oh, these people are really cool, but I don't know if I want to do this because I just, I don't know what it was, but I was pretty anti-authors, like teen authors on TikTok for a while. Not exactly. Hold on. That's a really mean thing to say because I thought like all these like teen authors on TikTok were really cool, but I was worried. Like, what if I start posting about my book that hasn't come out yet and I don't finish it? And I had all these things that were going into me not wanting to make a TikTok account. Of course, you know, finish my book. I was like, okay, I'm publishing this. And I didn't make a TikTok account until I'd written about 10 books and I'd published five. And I was like, okay, I feel like I could do this. So I made my first video and it was, I made it, I think the day after my book, You Won't Know Her Name, came out. And I was like, I just published my fifth book. And I made this post to share what it was about. And overnight, it only got around 500 views, I believe. But that was enough for me to be like, I should keep this account. And as I'm saying this, I am remembering, I did make a couple of TikTok accounts through the years. And they didn't, like, do well. Like, none of it. And I was like, well, how are, the other, how are these other people doing well? Mine aren't. And it ended up just taking, like, you used to do it. It ended up being a lot of trial and error. And getting to that point where I was like, okay, this sort of format works. Your old videos didn't. And I had to make a whole new account. It was kind of rough. And once I'd realized, like, okay, this is what works, I posted about every day. And I started also utilizing TikTok's advertising, where you can get your video to more people in the form of, like, an ad, but it still, it still reflects back on your account. And that was extremely helpful at first, too. And then I believe it. But that first video, it started finally gaining traction. Because it's really weird with TikTok. Like sometimes you can post a video and it only gets like maybe a thousand views and then I can have like a hundred thousand views in like a couple of weeks. I have this one TikTok and I believe when I posted it, it had about 4,000 views after like the first maybe month or so. And then randomly it's gotten up to, I believe it's almost to a million views now. And it's like once you kind of just post consistently and keep getting videos, I'd say in like the couple hundred to a thousand views range at first, you maybe have like a couple hundred, maybe a thousand followers, just the more you do it. And the more you kind of experiment and kind of figure out like what works and what doesn't, the easier it is to just have these videos go viral and to reach people and to sell more books. Oh, fantastic. And how many books have you sold till now? I believe, I don't know if I can give like an exact number, 15,500, something like that. Wow, that's huge. That's almost a thousand for every year you've been on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. And so if somebody out there is thinking about writing and uh, they've been almost putting it off, a bit like me, I'm rubbish at writing, by the way, so I could really do with some tips from you. What would be some of your biggest tips for someone out there who's thinking about putting their story, it might even be a nonfiction book, what are some of your top tips? First off, from a writing perspective... If you want to write a book, really, of course, the only way to write a book is to actually write. Write the same amount every day. That's just personally, for me, what's worked. I think that works for a lot of authors because if you can really build that habit of writing every single day, it works so well. If you're on the younger side and you want to write a book, don't let your age get in the way. It's far too often that I hear people saying, well, I'm too young to write a book. Or on the other hand, oh, I'm too old to write a book. I should have done this when I'm younger. But you're never too old or too young to write a book. Next, from a publishing standpoint, I'd say research while you're still writing. And that includes marketing too. One of the biggest and most helpful things that I did and I think has really impacted my career positively is as I was literally writing my first book, I was researching all these different marketing things I could do, all of my publishing routes and coming up with a plan early on. 
And of course, that plan that plan would change quite a bit. But just having an idea of what you're going to do is super helpful because you just can't throw out a book with having done no marketing and knowing doing nothing. Because if you just publish your book, especially with self-publishing, even with traditional publishing, you still have to market on your own too. But especially with self-publishing, you cannot publish your book and do nothing because nothing will happen. There's so many books out there. You need to make sure that yours really sticks out. And one important way to do this is to market before your book is published. I usually start marketing. I do a little bit of marketing while I'm writing the book on TikTok. If I feel like it, I make some posts and it kind of gives people the idea like, oh yeah, I have this book in my drafts and it's about this. And these are the characters. And then once I finish, I don't, I tend to not post about it too much. But then once I'm like, I start editing it and I'm like, okay, this book is actually going to be published. Then I start doing more heavier promotion. I start recruiting our creators really early on. And I do some Instagram posts and I really gain traction as early as I can. And I also start talking about it on podcasts and everything. And then, um, once I am at the publication date, I should have a good amount of pre-orders and I have a lot of people lined up to review the book. And I have readers who are really excited about buying the book. And then afterwards, I do quite a bit of marketing until I feel like I have another book that I have to focus on and then I go do that. But I have these books set up for a good amount of success and a good amount of sales. In terms of self-publishing or going with a a mainstream publisher. What are the pros and cons there? It sounds like you've gone down the self-publishing route. Yeah. So for me, I feel like the self-publishing route is especially helpful. For one, I'm very involved in the process from cover design to editing to marketing because like for the most part, I do have an editor, but for the most part, it's like all me working. And I get to really learn a lot about the industry and how things work. And I think that's probably my one of my biggest pros. My other kind of pro for self-publishing is that with traditional publishing, there's like you kind of don't have your rights and you like they can change your book and for me I want to be able to write the things I want to write at least for now however I will say that what I'm really trying to do is build a platform so that later I can try to get traditionally published because I think there are some opportunities that I could get that I might not have self-publishing at the same time there are some opportunities I have now that I might not have traditional publishing so it's, it's pretty balanced for me I'd say that it's a lot easier to make money with a traditional publisher at the same time like you make a lot of money self-publishing too so it's really weird but i think it's like traditional publishing is very crucial for so many people and it's like basically every famous author is traditionally published excluding like a few people so it's like i really want to try things you have to query for an agent and can be very tricky and it can be it'd be a very tedious process but i think if i have a ton of books written and published and i have a huge platform and i have all these readers that it shouldn't be too hard I'm sure lots of uh, people out there would find that really useful because I think that's often a question that comes up when someone is trying to go down this path is, do I self-publish, don't I? And I think really wise words there in that you can go down the self-publishing route to just get your name out there and start off the process. Otherwise, I think maybe people use that as an excuse to go, well, I don't think it's quite good enough yet because I need to get a publisher on board. And that can sometimes be a bit of a barrier for some people. Yeah. What do your friends and family think of the phenomenal things that you're doing? Like what's been their reaction? So I started writing my first book and I didn't tell them for, I'd say a few weeks, maybe a month or two. I don't know why exactly I never told them. I think a part of it was that I was like kind of almost embarrassed by just the thought of other people reading my writing. And I was really insecure about my writing. Like, 
so I, I remember once my parents found out, I would ask them, am I a good writer? Do you think I'm a good writer? Like every day. And I mean, they hadn't read. But I'm locked in it. No, and they were like, I'm sure you are, honey. And I think I am. I'm like 99% sure. And so at first, they were fairly surprised to find out. And I think everyone was even more surprised when I just kind of kept going because I'd never done anything like this before. I never talked about wanting to do anything like this. Maybe a little, but still not very much. And I just all of a sudden feel like I had this intense motivation. I just kind of kept going and I kept building my skills until here I am today. As for friends, I'd say the pandemic was a really kind of strange time for friends. But I talked a lot about my books, especially not as much in sixth grade, which is when I started Biomlock, but in like seventh grade. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this scene just happened and I'm writing this. And I would be a lot more open about it. So it wasn't like terribly like they didn't know and they weren't really surprised. I think some people were still were surprised to find out that like, yeah, I'm still publishing books. I'm still doing this whole author thing today, which is kind of funny. I have no intention of stopping. So but a lot of people thought I wasn't really going to make it, I think. And people now I meet are quite surprised. A lot of the time now people find out about it without me telling them. So there's a lot of people I haven't told and they just have like found me by coincidence or looked me up. And that's quite funny. And are you a bit of a celebrity at school as well? I'm sure like your teachers and people in the school must be really proud to see the amazing success you're having. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And in terms of your journey, so starting around the age of 12 to where you are now, 15, that's three years under your belt of writing. How has your writing style changed since then? Have you noticed it change? And if you could just tell us a little bit about how it has evolved. So when I started writing by Unlock, I had it first, I started writing these really choppy sentences. And unfortunately, the reason for that is at school, I feel like we were taught, you need to write this many sentences in a paragraph and you need to do this. And that's really toxic mindset to have as you're writing. So I was writing choppy sentences so I could have like five sentences per paragraph. And that was really harmful because The amount of sentences you have in your book literally does not matter at all. No one, no publisher is going to ask how many sentences are there. It just, no one cares. And I had to learn that the hard way. And I had to, then as I started to realize these choppy sentences really don't sound great. And you're kind of writing. I feel like the only way to describe it is I was writing almost like a screenwriter. And actually I'm writing a screenplay right now. It's fun. It's very different. And I had to learn a lot of description is really good. And these more, this like beautiful prose is really good. And I didn't realize that it's good in moderation. So then I started correcting my writing by going back and lengthening the sentences and doing these really long, drawn-out dialogue tags and these long descriptions and these long sentences. And it made the book very long. But it made the writing too much. And it's very difficult to read. It's kind of funny to read out. And that was my writing style for a while, were these really long sentences and like dialogue tags and these like literally I feel like every dialogue like every piece of dialogue was its own paragraph it was really bad and it was really kind of almost unrealistic so I had to then go back and heavily shorten the book and I wasn't able to cut it off very much because the story itself was very long and that's when we decided to split it into three books but as I kind of started to realize I started to read a lot more too and I started to see what other authors were doing And I realized like long sentences, short sentences, like the varying structure in these kind of concise dialogue tags are really important. And because it needs to be readable over pretty. And just 
with each book I wrote, I feel like I improved that and I really tried to improve the kind of varying sentence structure. So I literally just wasn't writing like the same sentence over and over again because I found that sometimes I would have this like structure and I would just stick to it and it's really not good. And by maybe eighth grade, I'd say I had a pretty concrete writing style. And of course, that writing style is like completely even more developed now. So I'm not exactly sure what my like exact writing style is anymore. However, I'd say I have kind of gotten to a point where it's like, this actually feels really good. I'm confident with this. And it's not like really long or it's not like really short. And how do you learn? So, I mean, at the age of 12, everything that you knew, was that mainly from school or have you since then been on specific writing courses? Have you looked at certain resources online? Like what are some of the ways that you learn? I think a bit of it has been, I've, I don't think I looked at, I'm trying to remember. I looked at very few articles online, I believe. I do, oh my gosh. I'm remembering. I would look up these like writing motivation articles, but it wasn't like teaching me anything. I'd say the, the only time I've ever actually taken a formal creative writing class is actually this year. And it's a really fun class. But throughout middle school, I didn't take anything. And I don't think I really learned very much about writing from school. So a lot of it was just kind of teaching myself. And going through and kind of reading my work, practicing, and just writing each day, and then realizing what's not working and how other authors write and kind of implementing like little things they do into my work in order to develop my own writing style. And could you just give us flavor for a plot or one of your favorite stories that you've written, just to give our listeners some insight into your world and your writing? I'd say my favorite book I've written. So I really like the Bane of Angel Fall Academy. I have to admit, I did not like it at first. It was the probably the closest I've ever been to scrapping a book and just completely like not ever touching it again. And I hate it. I was like, oh my gosh, this book is so bad. No one's going to like it. It's so weird. And I just thought like, because it was really confusing. I was like, this doesn't even make sense. And I... A part of it was I had to tie all these different plot points together and I didn't think I could do it. And I felt like there were so many plot holes I had to fix and I just didn't want to touch it. And as I continued, I was like, actually, this is not that bad once I started editing it. And I really kind of fell in love with the world and the characters. Basically, what that one is about is it's about this girl and her name is Devin and her parents are two very famous writers and she really wants to be a writer herself. She just has so much pressure that she feels like she can't even like right and her she ends up getting sent to angel fall academy which is this boarding school for the most talented like young writers in the nation and the only reason she's there is because her parents helped fund it and they're like extremely famous and she has to learn to fit in with these incredibly talented teenagers while trying to kind of overcome the pressure and write something herself however and also i have to add in it's like kind of a little bit of a futuristic school they have all these different things she has to navigate and the students themselves are very prestigious and sometimes pretentious and very can be rude. So she has to navigate all these different things. However, her characters start coming to life and they're begging her to finish her book. But it's not as like cool as it seems. Because you know, it might be cool like, oh yeah, I can talk to my characters. They can tell me what to do. Because when the book's villain comes to life, she's left like questioning everything. And she has to basically save the universe. And finish a book. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the creativity that goes into that 
type of storyline. So were there personal experiences from your own life or what were some of the inspirations for that particular storyline? So the big, I feel like that book is very setting driven because it takes place in this boarding school mainly. And it has to, I really have to like kind of develop everything. And I really have to have this clear image of the school in mind so that everything else can kind of continue. And I had a dream, maybe a month, less than a month before I started writing that book. And in that dream, I was running around with this like weird boarding school. And I don't remember where I was running from exactly. I just remember I was running and I was exploring this place. And I had such a vivid image of that school in my head that I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go here. This is such a weird kind of, it felt almost eerie and kind of like trippy, but it was this really kind of cool location. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't like forget about this. And I wrote it down. And when I was trying to figure out Angel Fall Academy, I was like, I think I know a setting for it. So that's really how I kind of got inspired to write this. As for the characters, I'd say, I don't think any of them are based off of real people. There's like some minor things in the book that are based on like true events. But for the most part, it's very much fiction just came from my mind. What are your sort of favorite books? As in those that have inspired you, could you name maybe one or two of those? There's so many I could think of. My all-time favorite book, I've had the same favorite book since seventh grade, and it's The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I've yet to read a book that I've enjoyed more and that's like made me cry more and I've just related to more than that book. And then I'd say, I guess another inspiration would be, so another favorite book of mine is Six of Crows. I love the writing. I love the plot. And I love the characters and the way the author really builds these characters' backstories and how they impact the characters in the book and how everything is just so planned so well. It's such a good series. Oh, fantastic. And so, Shanti, what's your plan for the future? What are some of the exciting things that you're going to be up to? And I'd love to hear, like, where is all of this going to lead to? What's the end goal with all of the good stuff that you're doing? So really, I think it would be so cool to be like a famous author and sell like tons of books and have film adaptations and really like touch readers' hearts. That would just be so cool. And I think if I keep working, I can definitely get to a point where I'm like famous. But I also just want to keep writing because it's something that I really enjoy. And it's something that I use as like a way to wind down and also as a way to like outlet my emotions. As for some exciting things happening, I have another book signing in a few days. I'm really excited for it. And I'm hoping to try to like schedule more in-person events and I'm trying to submit more work to like literary awards and stuff. One question I wanted to ask you actually before we wrap up because we're fast running out of time is as a young person going through the schooling system yourself and seeing the path that you've taken, what's your opinion on schooling in today's world? Is it a positive experience or do you think there's room for improvement? And if so, what would you change? I think especially in the American school system, there's a lot of room for improvement. I'd say, so I've been to, I've been to a private school, I've been to a charter school, I've been to a public school. And in each school, I think there's serious room for improvement in the way the teachers teach classes, in the way kids interact with each other. I'd say, of course, I mean, I'm a I do a lot with anti-bullying. So that's something I have to say. But also the way we learn, I feel like sometimes doesn't actually work for everyone and is important. I feel like we need to have a little more flexible education in some places. And I think there needs to be more room for kids who are excelling. And there is, because usually there's not 
much support for those kids. And I'd say in some classes I found, of course, in like English, but not actually this year. My freshman English class was amazing. But in some previous English classes I've had, I've really felt like I'm kind of bored and I want to do more, but there's not exactly room for me to do more. And I really want to like, what one thing that I feel like we should be allowed to do, but we're not allowed to do is I really want to skip and go to um like a higher English class because I'm going to be in English 10 next year. And because the way we do it is like it's in quarters. So I'm done with English for this year and I wanted to do this semester English 10 and I'm not allowed to do that because it's an age restricted class. But I don't know what's going to be in sophomore English that's so horrible I can't take it because I'm not 15. My birthday's in October. I'm basically old enough to be a sophomore. So Absolutely. I think if you have the passion and the willingness to learn, there should be no boundaries there. But unfortunately, I think sometimes school rules get in the way. Yes. Very quickly, Shanti, how can people get in touch with you and check out the great work that you're doing? If you could give us a shout out for the actual TikTok account as well so that people can follow you online. So you can find me first off on my website. It's shantihirshenson.com. I should have most of my interviews up. I'm a little behind on that just because I have to remodel my press page at some point. Any other features should be on there. If not, you can just Google me and look them up. You can also find all of my books on there, occasional blog posts, and some other stuff. I really have to get better at like using my website. You can also find me on Instagram, which is at Shanti Hershenson. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N. And then my website is just that, but .com. You can also find me, of course, on TikTok. And my TikTok is at Shanti Who Writes. Oh, brilliant. Please do support Shanti. She's doing amazing work. Shanti, I have one last question and you have to promise me something. You're already a superstar in my eyes. I see you're doing amazing things at such a young age. So in my eyes, you're already famous, but you mentioned earlier that you want to become even more famous. So when you do get to that level, please, will you come back and talk yeah. to me again? Because I'd love, I'd love to, to hear the progress of your career. By then, I'm sure you've got like, you'll have like millions of fans and you'll be in huge demand. But uh, if you could just promise me that one thing, I would love to talk to you in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. There we go. You heard it there, folks. So Shandeep, thank you so much. It's been a real learning experience for me. I said at the start, you're probably, yeah, you are definitely the youngest guest I've ever had. And I probably learned the most from you, if I'm honest with you, just in terms of the mindset of somebody who's so passionate about what they're doing and doesn't have all of the baggage of all of the stress that many of us adults have in life. So it's great to see you going in this amazing direction that you're going. So please do continue that. And I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you.